0: As we all know, graduation is a time of accomplishments and remembering back. Most of the time on all the hard work and preparation that it's taken a person to accomplish a set amount of accomplishments or set amount of uh, rules and things that's been set aside that if you meet these requirements, uh, you're considered a graduate in the state of Tennessee or whatever the case may be. But graduation is a time also, I believe, to be thankful. To be thankful to all persons involved in your accomplishments. Whether you're going from 8th grade to, or 8th grade to ninth grade or 3rd uh, grade or 4th grade, I think we need to be thankful for those around us who help us. Young people, I want you to think about all the time that your parents or maybe even your grandparents has spent helping you do homework, helping you accomplish these great uh, tasks of these projects. We have projects in our house. I don't know about you, we still do. We've got one more coming through and Uh, those projects have to be done and sometimes it's a family effort I don't know about y'all but sometimes there has to be wood cut, and there has to be this and that done or whatever the case may be uh, to help and be able to get those projects done I can remember years ago um, Adriana done some type of project Uh, I can't remember the name of it where one thing knocked over the other y'all know what I'm talking about Uh, and uh, there's, a, there's a scientific name for that, but I want to tell you, that was the craziest thing I ever done. That's the closest I ever come to losing my religion. Uh, is it get all the way down to the bottom and, and it, forget, it would knock that one thing over and the whole thing would be just kapunk. Uh, but anyway, I can remember working on that thing for hours in the kitchen. Uh, just her and I and, and even Micah and all the rest of the family, we was trying to get, do what it's supposed to do. Um, But graduation is a time to be thankful for all those accomplishments that people have helped us with and the people in your life that has seen you through to this time. Also, to be thankful to God in blessing us with all of your accomplishments. And I hope tonight that we understand, and and younger people, that graduation is not an ending uh, but only a beginning. It's a time in your life, and we all went through that. I want you to think back about how excited you were to be out of school, and then reality hit in a few months when you went back to school, if you went on. And you're like, oh, no, I'm back to this. But it was a different kind of school, wasn't it? It uh, was for me. But again, it's not an ending, but only a beginning. But in, I want you to think about it along these lines. In high school and even in college, there are required courses, isn't there? There's required courses. Just as in school, we have required courses to take and pass, and there are courses in our lives that we must pass through to enter heaven. Now, I want you to think about that. There's going to be some required courses in life, young people, even if you have graduated and you're out of graduation, you're working in your field or whatever the case may be, there's going to be some required courses. There's going to be some things you have to go through to be able to pass through to be able to be accomplishment in that area or even in being able to go to heaven. When you go to Job in chapter 3, you see there that Job complains Of being born. Actually, he even curses the day that he was born, but not God. Job had a lot of trying times in his life. And just as we do from time to time, just as you will from time to time, those things are going to come. But I want you to notice one thing about Job. His faith never was, Never failed, did it? Never failed him in, the time, in that time, even when his wife, if you remember, encouraged him to curse God and die. In Job chapter 2 and verse 9. You see, we're required to take the course of life. I can remember uh, a few times uh, when I was younger, we would play the game life. Many of you probably have played that. You'd spin and uh, do whatever you had to do, and different cards would come up. Different things would come up in your life. And sometimes it was either good or it was either bad, and it would affect how you progressed in the game. And that's the same same, uh, thought and the same thing as real life, isn't it? A lot of times the cards that we are handed will affect how we progress in life and how we react to those things will we'll determine how far we go and how faithful we are with the Lord. But there's one thing for sure, there's some required courses that you're going to have to take in line. And that course of life is going to have its disappointments and its accomplishments. I want you to think with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 19, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Now, I remember going up as well and being at this time in my life and thinking, oh, man, I'm going on. I've accomplished high school and I'm going to go on and get a trade or get a degree. and." Uh, things are gonna be great, <clears throat> and once I accomplished those things, man, I thought I had it all figured out. I seen some things in those times, even in the first time in college, the time I went to college, and the second time as well. So where I remembered this verse. The wisdom of the world, the way men and a lot of times our professors think, they have it all figured out. But that highest level of thinking is foolishness to, to God, isn't it? Sometimes we, uh, we, uh, we were affected by, our young people were affected by those professors, some who are not in a godly way. And they will try to teach and influence our children To think otherwise concerning what the Bible teaches. So let me tonight know that you tell you to let you know and exhort you to be aware of those things. Because that's part of that course of life. What about death? You know, that's another required thing. James chapter 4, verses 13 and 17, go now, as you say, today or tomorrow, we'll go into such a city and continue there a year, buy and sell and get game. Sometimes that's the attitude we have when we're at this point in our life. Boy, we don't even think about maybe tomorrow being our last day or even today being our last day, as the example is given there in James. He says, don't think that way, that tomorrow I'm going to go and do this and do that. And how many times do we say that just really not thinking? But he says, "Where you know what shall be on tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow will be. For what is your life? It's even a what? A vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. He says, this is how you ought to think about it. And let me exhort you tonight, young people and older people as well. This is how you should look at life. You ought to say, if the Lord will. How many times do you hear your older people say that? If the Lord's willing, I'll see you tomorrow. That's how we should be thinking because we're, we're not guaranteed tomorrow, is it? But he says, if the Lord's will, we shall live and do this or that, but now rejoice in your boastings, all rejoicing is evil. And then he goes on to say that oh, those who know to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. You see, we're required to take that course of death, that life that is a vapor Here today and gone tomorrow. And just think about uh, just think about just for a moment how quickly our little ones who are now we're honoring tonight just started pre K with maybe even my wife or Miss Dana in this county or just started kindergarten and now they're finishing high school. How quickly did that happen for you? Quick, isn't it? I'm going to tell you, once they leave the elementary school and they hit middle school, it's like, it's gone. (laughs) I mean, they're finishing high school, and you're like, where did that time go? But just think about how quickly that did. One day, we'll all take that course of death, of life. What about judgment? We have to take the course of judgment, don't we? One day, young and old, we'll have to take that course, won't we? We'll have to finish that course. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, you know it well. And it is appointed unto man once to die, then after this, the judgment. We'll all be required, no matter where we go in life or what you accomplish and at what level of uh, degree you stop at, We'll all be required to take that final course, and that being judgment. Romans chapter 14 and verse 10 says to us, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Do you understand that fully? Do you truly understand that? We all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Just as you have required courses in high school, you also have some elective courses, don't you? You have some that you can take that uh, interest you. You, you They're not on the course path, and you can vary a little bit from that. Most of the time, they're fun courses, aren't they? Uh, Something you may enjoy, uh, maybe uh, in the agriculture field or sports field or whatever the case may be. But you get to choose those in high school and college and, and you get to choose what you take. And we all are allowed to choose whether we are lost or saved. You see, that's an elective. Our Lord wants you to be saved. It's a requirement, really. But we choose it as an elective. We can choose. The Lord chooses, uh, chooses, or allows us rather to choose whether you're lost or whether you're saved, concerning His way, according to God's commandments. And you know what? This is always your decision. As we studied this morning, those strong delusions in Second Thessalonians. God doesn't cause you to make that choice to become a Christian. No, sir. He he allows you to make it. We are all free moral agents. And the Bible speaks of those who are lost in parables. And let me exhort you tonight, young and old, whether you're graduating or whether you've been graduated 30 or 40 years, we all have to make that choice to be lost or to be saved. In Luke 15 and verses 3 through 7, Talking about a man who had a hundred sheep. If he loses one of them, does he not leave the ninety and nine and go into the wilderness and go after that which one is lost until he find it? And when he has found it, and when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbours, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And you know, the ending of that passage says, I say unto you that likewise, joy shall be in heaven over what? One sinner that repenteth. More than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. There's importance in just one soul, isn't there? Sometimes we lose that way of thinking. And young people, your soul means a lot. It means a lot to God. It means a lot to me. As your minister and as your preacher, it means a lot to your parents, your soul. The part of you that will live eternally somewhere, as we talked about this morning, in heaven or hell, we talked about some teaching that there's no hell. And you should believe and know that a shadow of a doubt after this morning that there is certainly a place called hell, isn't there? There's a the place called heaven and it's going to be your choice where you live eternally. If you miss heaven, as we said this morning, if you don't make it to heaven, it's nobody's fault but yours. It's just like I tell my young children I work with in behavior. They want to say, well, why do I get punished? Why am I having to do this? I said, you made the choice. Mr. Matthew didn't make that choice for you. You decided to break the rule." And we have to have that in our own way of thinking as well as Christians. What about the prodigal son in Luke 15? He went away and lived a righteous life. Not righteous. A righteous. A wicked life. A way of sin. But he found his way back home, didn't he? I'm going to tell you, young people, I don't know what your plans are for many of you. You may be leaving and going to a college and living on campus. You may be uh, living at home or, or whatever, but I can guarantee you, you're going to be faced with some righteous living. Promise you that. You know, one thing that disappoints me with, because Tennessee Tech's a good school, but one thing that disappoints me with that is they support a contest at one of the local gas stations there of which club buys the most beer. Now I don't know if y'all knew that existed or not, but that does. It did, I don't know if it still does, but it did at one time. And there's a great prize to be won whatever club or social club buys the most beer in a week or a month or whatever the case is you know that's sad that's really really sad you're going to be faced with those things you're going to be faced with those parties hey man we're having a party this weekend it's going to be the biggest best party that we've ever had will you go or will you not go you're going to be faced with how you dress because most just drive by tech in the summer and you'll, you'll see a lot of skin. You're going to be faced with that. You're going to be faced with challenges in the classroom of where they teach against creation. And not just only at our local college, but colleges across America. Be careful with that, be warned. Because the Bible teaches us through God's word that He wants you to be saved. He doesn't want you to be lost. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. Who will have, God is the one who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. John 3 and verse 17, sometimes we often don't quote that after 16. For the Son of Man has come to seek and what? Save that which was lost. Lastly tonight, some advice. I use this with my own children, and I've used this with groups of teenagers that Amanda and I have worked with through the years. We would take them on trips, and we would turn them out into the malls and go to the mall. And I'd always tell them, remember who you are. Remember who you are, but I want to add something to that tonight. If you're a Christian, if you've been baptized for the remission of your sins, and you're representing God, and you're representing the church, and you're representing your parents, and if you attend here at McCoinsville and you are a member of the church, you are a reflection of this church. You are, when people see you outside of here in college or high school or ball field or wherever you are, how you talk, how you dress, how you react, what you do, what you don't do, you are a reflection upon this congregation of people. Number one, you're on a reflection of God. You're a reflection of this congregation a reflection of your parent. So some of the best advice I can give you tonight is remember who you are and let me add to that whose you are. You're God's chosen people and make sure you act that way. Even if you're still in high school. Even if you're going on to college or or going on to the workforce or whatever the case may be. Remember who you are. And remember who you belong to. You belong to your parents. You belong to God first. And you belong to this congregation. And when people look at you and they say, boy, I can know that that's a McCoinsville young lady. Why? Because how she dresses, or how she talks, or how she acts. Or I know that's a McCoinsville young man because uh, look, look how he acts and look how he treats uh, his friends and, and look how he performs in the classroom and he's always respectful. You see, that's what we want, that's what God wants. But remember who you are. Remember you're God's children and you're bought and paid for through the, the blood of Christ. John 3 and verse 16. That's important, that great advice. You see, you're redeemed or you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. as 1 Peter 1, 18 and 20, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish. We're not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Ephesians 4 and 30. And we're to live up to our expectations. Let me challenge you tonight, young or old, to set for yourself expectations. And set them high. Set for yourself standards in who you date, who you hang around, your friends, your close friends, and you hold to those standards. Often, sometimes in our own home, we would have conversations that there's just not a lot of good people out there. Yeah, you're right. But don't you lower your standards. You hold on to your standards. God has a plan for you. You hold on to that. You set those standards high. For a young lady or a young man in whom you date, and you expect that out of that person, and they should expect it out of you. You see, that's that's good stuff. Live up those expectations. You see, our parents expect things from us and from you. Most of God, most of all, God expects things from you. Some of the greatest advice from Scripture I can give you is First Timothy chapter four and verse twelve. Let no man despise thy youth. Be thou an example of the believers. Now notice this, young people. You're going to be an example. He's going to tell you in what? In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. You be that example. Live up to those expectations and keep your body pure as God would have it to be keep your priorities straight priorities are big prioritizing things realize that when you become a christian through baptism you're a body of of christ and you're important younger people and older people we care about your soul we older people do god does But you've got to keep your priorities straight. Our scripture reading tonight in Colossians 3 and verses 1 and 2. If you be then risen with Christ, seek those things where? That are in the world? No. He says, things that are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Matthew 6 and verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things, he says, will be added unto you. Ecclesiastes, the preacher says in chapter 12, verses 1 and 13, remember now thy creator in thy youth, in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when they shall say, I have no pleasure in them. But the whole duty of man, says let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. You say, remember God now. And we're going to close just in a second. Remember God now. Don't wait till you're old. You need to be strong and willing to serve God now so that when you face temptations, they'll be easier for you. Your parents, I hope they're making you come to church. <laughs> I'd rather them bring you because you want to come. But every kid goes through that. And the parents make you, and you often, you often develop attitudes, well, I just, I just hate my parents because they make me want to do what's right. One day you'll appreciate that. One day you will. You'll appreciate it. You need to be strong and willing to serve God now. Keep your priorities straight and always be faithful to God. And let us know tonight that our priorities is to fear God and keep his commandments. And it's our duty, young and old. Remember, there are required courses we must take in life, death, and judgment. But God allows us to take some electives, such as being lost or being saved. And remember the advice tonight. Remember who you are and whose you are. And live up to your expectations, and most of all, God's, and keep your priorities straight. And if you can do those things, you will be successful in life. I try to exhort kids in the school system and even right here in this congregation by telling them, when you grow up, you're going to do good things. You are. You're going to do great things. But only if you keep God and Christ in the center of your life. That's the only way. You can't shack up with the devil, as we said a week or so ago. And expect God to continue to bless you. You can't live one life and expect everything else to be great. This just can't do it. So tonight, let me exhort you with this lesson. Young people and old, maybe tonight you need to become a Christian. And maybe you need to live for the Lord and put him on in baptism. And maybe you need to repent and confess those sins and make things right and get back on the right path. One of the parents this morning was telling me that their child leaned over and said, am I on the path to heaven? (laughs) One of our little ones. You see, it's never too young to start teaching them. Never too long. I told the story this morning in the pre-K class of my wife this last week. One of her four-year-olds done a survey at the table. Ask everybody to raise their hand if you want to go to heaven. This little girl was just as serious as we are tonight. And one little girl, as I told you this morning in class, she said, no, I won't go to heaven. I'm going to Texas this summer. (laughs) But you know the sad part of that was most of those children didn't even know what heaven was. And you know what, you young people tonight, you've got parents that love you and care for you. You've got a congregation who loves you and cares for you and who wants to see you do good in life, especially spiritually. And when you get the spiritual part figured out, young people, the collegiate and the academic and your careers will follow. You've got to understand that. God first and then everything else will come. So tonight, maybe you need to make things right. Maybe you need to become a Christian. We encourage you to do that. Think seriously about that. As you begin a new part of your life, in whatever it may be, may God be with you. Please come. Together we stand and as we sing.